Hello and welcome to this week's Innovation Forum Briefing, a regular guide to what's happening in the world of sustainable business. I'm Ian Welsh. We wrapped up the Innovation Forum Autumn Events Series in Washington DC last week. It was great to catch up with some regular podcast listeners. Thanks for taking the time to come and say hello. We're now looking forward to our spring conferences, not least the return of the Future of Food Forum in Amsterdam in May. To find out more, I spoke with my colleague Hannah Oburn. First though, to talk about some of what's coming up this week in the world of sustainable business, here's Innovation Forum's B. Stevenson. Okay, what's coming up this week? So this week is Asia-Pacific Climate Week, which will be held in Malaysia. This will be drawing stakeholders, experts, policymakers, businesses from across the region to showcase solutions and innovations and foster increased cooperation across borders and sectors in addressing climate change challenges. As with the other regional climate weeks that we've spoken about that have taken place over the last few months, participants will be addressing climate challenges head on. And the discussions and outcomes will feed into the upcoming UN Climate Change Conference, COP28. And this will strengthen momentum for progress on issues such as the energy transition, climate finance and loss and damage. So this will actually be bringing 2023's regional climate weeks to a close following Africa Climate Week in Nairobi, MENA Region Climate Week in Riyadh and the Latin America and North Africa Climate Week in Panama. And this one's organised along the same four thematic tracks, which are energy systems and technology, urban and rural development, infrastructure and transportation, land use, oceans, food and water, and the socioeconomic dimensions. And so health and livelihoods as well. We're talking on Monday the 13th. It's already underway, isn't it? So what can we tell from the opening stages of the conference? Yeah, so quite interesting statements in the opening stages. Malaysia's Federal Minister for Natural Resources, Environment and Climate Change, when opening it, described climate change as a global problem which requires collective action from all parties. He did note that Malaysia's contribution to global greenhouse gas emissions stands at only 0.69%, however stressed that they remain determined to play their role to address this global phenomenon. What does that mean? Sorry, you see the contribution is 0.69%. What exactly does that mean? I mean, they reduced it by 0.69%. No, of total nations contributing to climate change. So actually quite a key point there, stressing that smaller countries haven't contributed as much, but are still willing to have these conversations. And Malaysia has pledged to reduce its greenhouse gas emissions by 45% in 2023 compared to the 2005 level, and has also set a goal to achieve net zero greenhouse gas emissions as early as 2050. Also, the UN Assistant Secretary General and UNDP Regional Director for Asia and the Pacific said that Asia and the Pacific has suffered more from extreme weather events than any other region in the world. Climate change is posing an existential threat to many small island developing nations and communities in the region. Yet the region still has enormous potential to contribute to achievement of the Paris Agreement targets. And to fully realise this potential, there will need to be sustained investment in climate adaptation and energy transitions, debt restructuring and relief, and more climate financing based on vulnerability measures. So overall, it's really hoped that the Regional Climate Week will be leveraged as an opportunity to join forces as a region and explore solutions towards a sustainable future for the region ahead of COP28. Of course, the UN Assistant Secretary General, UNDP Regional Director for Asia and Pacific is, of course, Kani Wignaraja. Okay, what else is happening this week? This week, the EU Council will be adopting the Farm Sustainability Data Network Regulation. The aim of the newly adopted regulation is to improve the sustainability of the EU's food systems through an enhanced data collection process that takes into account environmental and social data, along with the economic data already collected via the Farm Accountancy Data Network. 
So we're moving from the FADN to the FSDN. So the current FADN is a database of microeconomic and accountancy data collected every year based on a common methodology from a sample of more than 80,000 EU farms that are designed to be statistically representative. The revised regulation will now provide for the collection of environmental and social data as well as the data that's already been collected under the old regulations. All right, so what will the new uh, regulations do then? So the new FSDM regulation will allow for the collection of additional data necessary for the pursuit of objectives of the common agricultural policy and of the European Green Deal and its farm to fork and biodiversity strategies. So really a very necessary update. And essentially the regulations of the Agricultural Sustainability Data Network will help to allow European countries to advance in improving the sustainability of farms and assessing these advances through the optimal use of agricultural data. So it will give companies and producers better tools to meet environmental, economic and social sustainability objectives. And thanks to the revised regulation, the EU says, links with other data collection initiatives will be improved and thereby reducing the administrative burden. The data collected will be used for research and policymaking with the overarching goal of monitoring and improving sustainability efforts. And advisory services for farmers will be improved and better tailored. And just to note that if you're interested to hear more about the European farming policies currently in place and some of the challenges and solutions for farmers, we did run a webinar on this in the summer called How Agri-Food Stakeholders Can Support European Farmers in the Regenerative Transition. That's on our site. That was a very popular webinar indeed. Okay, B, thanks very much. Thanks, Ian. The European leg of Innovation Forum's Future of Food Conference series will return to Amsterdam on the 14th and 15th of May. To get some of the details about what to expect, I caught up with a new voice for the briefing, Innovation Forum's Hannah Oburn. What are the big themes for next year's event, Hannah? We have four key themes for next year's conference. The first theme is regenerating nature, where we will look at how to implement regenerative practices at scale to deliver transformation on the ground. We will also have sessions focused on integrating biodiversity into climate strategy to improve supply chain resilience. And this will involve some fascinating case studies from leading brands and retailers. The next theme we have is climate action, where we will look at how businesses can move from ambition to action in tackling scope three emissions and really driving effective climate solutions. So tied heavily to this, our third theme is supply chain risk and resilience. Here we will look at supply chain engagement and how brands can collaborate with farmers to mitigate climate risk whilst also enhancing food security and resilience. And then last but not least, we have ag tech and innovation. So here we will dive into the latest technologies that are encouraging on-farm transformation through the improvement of visibility, traceability, monitoring and disclosure. Excellent. Some really big themes there. Looking forward to hearing more about them as they develop over the coming months. Who's confirmed their attendance? Who have we got coming as panellists at this stage, Hannah? We have some fantastic speakers confirmed already. Just to name a few, we have Owen Bethel, Environmental Impact Lead and Global Public Affairs at Nestle. We have Shauna Duncan, Head of Sustainability at Oatly. Sarah Lockwood, Global Regenerative Agriculture Director at Danone, alongside some other really great senior speakers from the likes of Tate and Lyle, Audi South, Yum Brands, Co-op, Huel, Compass Group and NKG. How can our listeners get involved, Hannah? 
there are still some speaking slots available. If this is something that you'd be interested in, then please do get in touch. My email is hannah.oborn at innovationforum.co.uk, which is also on the conference page on the Innovation Forum website. There are also some sponsorship opportunities for any companies keen to get more closely involved in the event. So please do get in touch with Anita Thompson, Innovation Forum's Chief Partnerships Officer. Her email is also on the Innovation Forum website. And if you would like to join us in May, now is a really good time to secure your place. There is a special €500 discount for passes confirmed before the close of business on Friday the 17th of November. And as we will also be running different breakout tracks during the event, covering the likes of climate, inclusive livelihoods, food security and ag tech, we really recommend booking in groups to avoid missing out on the variety of interesting sessions. So please do reach out if this is of interest too. As you see, now's a great time to get involved. 500 euro discount on passes secured by for the close of play on this Friday, the 17th of November. Lots more to come from Hannah on the podcast and the briefing as we go. We lead up to the event next year. A really exciting event for Innovation Forum. But for now, Hannah, thanks very much. Thanks, Ian. It's going to be a great conference in May, so hope you'll be able to join us. Do look out, as ever, for the weekly podcast on Thursday and for further reflections on our recent events. But that's it for now. I've been Ian Welsh, and goodbye.